رَبُّكُمْ your Lord أَعْلَمُ He knows most. He knows really well. بِمَا فِي نُفُوسِكُمْ Of that which is in yourselves. Meaning He knows what you're feeling in your heart. He knows the emotional battles that you're experiencing in yourself. How you're feeling when somebody's annoying and yet you control your anger and you bite your tongue and you only say that which is respectful. Allah knows what you're going through. How comforting. Because really, sometimes it happens that you feel so alone that your whole family is with you, but your mother, she doesn't understand you. Your father doesn't understand you. Your siblings, even they're not taking your side. What are you supposed to do? رَبُّكُمْ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا فِي نُفُوسِكُمْ Allah knows what is in your heart, what you're feeling, what you are going through. And then, when you're going through the struggle, you know, the differences with your parents, you have this guilt also, that I'm supposed to be doing ihsan with my parents, and here my parents are upset with me. I thought this would make them happy, but instead they're upset. Will I ever be able to make my parents happy? Like you begin to wonder. Allah knows your intentions. Allah knows what you really want to do. In takunu salihin, If you are righteous, meaning overall you are an obedient servant. And yes, it happens that at times you are disrespectful to your parents. You say something in haste because you're a human being. Perfection cannot be expected from you. You are only faulty and you will make mistakes. In takunu salihin, but if overall you are good, فَإِنَّهُ كَانَ لِلْأَوَّابِينَ غَفُورًا Then indeed He is ever to the oft returning, He is forgiving towards them. Awabin is a plural of awab. Who is awab? The one who does awb. And awb is to return. Awab, return over and over and over again. So the one who returns to Allah again and again and again, then Allah will forgive him. Allah is ghafoor towards him. Allah is forgiving towards that individual. The fact is that there is no child who has not fallen short in his duty towards his parents. Every person, no matter how righteous they are, no matter how good they are, every single human being who has dealt with their parents, there have been moments, there have been times, there have been occasions when they were disrespectful towards their parents, or when they upset their parents, or they did something that annoyed their parents. Every person, you and me, every single one of us is guilty of this. And sometimes it happens that parents are really telling a person to do something wrong. Is it possible? Yeah. And then you remember, I'm supposed to do ihsan towards my parents. I'm supposed to be dutiful. I'm supposed to be obedient. And my mother is crying because I'm wearing hijab. And if I take my hijab off, then she'll be happy. What am I supposed to do? You understand? There are certain situations in which parents are upset with you because you're doing the right thing. So at that time, what are you supposed to do? You're feeling guilty. Allah says, رَبُّكُمْ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا فِي نُفُوسِكُمْ Allah knows your intention. With what intention are you being obedient? With what intention are you being disobedient to them? He knows. So at the end, what do we realize from here? That our heart should always be thinking positively about our parents. We should always entertain positive thoughts about our parents.
Because if our heart is clean for them, then yes, there is miscommunication, there is misunderstanding, there are problems, there are issues. Okay, that will happen. But if your heart is clean for your parents, you have good feelings for your parents, then inshallah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I find a lot of times when we're communicating with other people, we tend to always give them the benefit of the doubt that, you know what, maybe they just, because they don't know who I am, they don't understand that this was slightly hurtful or anything of the sort. But as soon as it's someone close to us, we tend to forget all of those rules of cor- like common courtesy and just being patient because we assume that they know what we're feeling. And that's a wrong assumption because nobody can ever understand what you're actually going through except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like even the closest person to you will not be able to you know, gauge what you're feeling at that moment of time. You know, they, they'll try to understand, but what you're actually going through is completely invisible to them. They have no idea what's going on in your mind. So you can't assume that your parents who despite growing up, you know, raising you and everything, you can't assume that they know what you're feeling. And so we can't just get upset about, uh, you know, at them for the smallest things. And in cases like these, I feel like we need to actually talk to them, tell them, you know what, this is what I was feeling at this point in time. I don't know if it was right or wrong, may Allah forgive me if it was wrong, but you need to explain to them what you're going through. And because of that, they'll return the fable. They'll start talking to you back. And just the communication, that trust, the bond that builds just from that is astounding. Yes. And... Looking at this ayah, I mean, sometimes it happens that you realize I should be good towards my parents. And then what happens? You go home and your mom says something and because you're used to responding to her in a particular way, you respond in that way. And later on you're like, oh my God, what did I just do? Here I am studying, do ihsan towards your parents and I come home and I'm not doing ihsan towards my parents. What am I supposed to do? This is so difficult. No. What does the ayah tell us? In takunu salihin, If you're overall good, you do good towards your parents, according to the best of your ability, then what will happen? When you turn to Allah, you do istighfar, فَإِنَّهُ كَانَ لِلْأَوَّابِينَ غَفُورَ Then Allah will forgive you. So every time a mistake happens, every time you are bad towards your parents, you snap, you answer back, you roll your eyes, and you say oof, or you sigh, or you say something that annoys them, what should you do? What does the ayah tell us? What should you do? Seek forgiveness. From who? First of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then with your parents, make up somehow or the other, in one way or another. And sometimes it happens that your parents tell you to do something in your life. For example, study something, pursue a particular career, and you don't know if that's really good for you, and your heart is not really into it. Should you just do it because they're telling you? Do istikhara. Ask Allah for guidance. Look around, discuss with them, communicate with them. Like for example, some parents, they're just convinced, my child should become a doctor. My child should become a doctor. I mean, some parents believe in that. From the very beginning, they've been looking at their child as, this is a growing, a blooming doctor, you know? And as soon as you're about to go into university, that's what they expect from you. But they don't understand that you're not that good on, you know, in your science subjects. You have an average of, 60-something. So at that time, what do you need to do? Communicate with your parents. But if what your parents are telling you is okay, I mean, your counselor even tells you, yeah, you can go ahead with this, you can give it a shot, you can try. And in your heart also you feel like, yeah, I might be able to do it. Then why disobey your parents just for the sake of disobeying them? Why? If what they're telling you is not wrong, it's okay, then listen to them. And you know what? When you will do something just to obey your parents, and also 
I mean, you've been doing istikhara and you see that it is practical for you, then inshallah Allah will give you success. He certainly will make you successful. And I've experienced this. I remember when I completed my al course, of course, you know, in high school I had fallen behind. And uh, my mom, she basically told me, there was about six months left for the term to be over in school, and she said, you know, this December, when you have to take your exams, do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I don't think it's possible. She's like, no, just just get it over with, just finish it. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be possible. She's like, no, do it. And I did it just because she told me, honestly. That's the only reason why I did it. Otherwise, I would rather party and have fun. Seriously. But I had to do it because she told me to do it. And alhamdulillah, I have no regrets. Because alhamdulillah, the studying, it was so easy, and exams, everything. And I got all straight A's. Alhamdulillah. And I think one of the main reasons is because I listened to my mom. Because you know what? We don't have much life experience, as much as they have. So sometimes what they're telling us is based on their experience. They see the potential in us. And we don't see the potential in us. So if they're telling us to do something good, why not? Do it. There will be barakah insha'Allah. But if they're telling us to do something bad, bad either for our deen or our dunya, it's really something that is not correct, then what should we do? Communicate with them. Tell them what your fears are. Tell them why you think it's not okay for you to do it. Educate them on what you feel, on what you have found out. Speak to them. And then inshallah, hopefully they will come to terms with it. Communicate. Our problem is that we don't even communicate. Or when we do communicate, we become angry. And when we become angry, there's no way that we can communicate properly. So anytime it happens that we make our parents upset, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us? فَإِنَّهُ كَانَ لِلْأَوَّابِينَ غَفُورًا Turn back to Allah, do tawbah, do istighfar, and Allah will forgive. And in the previous ayah, where the dua is mentioned, what does that tell us? That parents are those people for whom we should be making dua. Because if Allah is telling us, say, قُلْ رَبِّ رَحَمْهُمَا كَمَا رَبَّيَانِ صَغِيرًا Then what should we do? Make dua for our parents. Right? So this dua in particular, does everybody know this dua? Make it regularly. Make it regularly. And especially as women, I think this dua is very, very comforting. Because you know what? There comes a stage in your life where you want to be with your parents. You want to help them. You want to have that capacity, financial, physical, that freedom, you know, to be able to help and support and serve your parents and take away their problems. But you can't. Why? Because if you go to your parents to visit them when they're sick, you have to take your three children with you. And they will say, please, beta, stay home. Keep your kids there because when they come, my blood pressure goes even higher. So there you are crying in your home. You want to look after your parents. But at the same time, your hands are tied. What do you do? Make this dua. Get used to making this dua. Every day. They deserve it. This kind of makes me think about how girls, when they get married, they have to move away. And guys, they don't necessarily have to. And guys, like, they don't really have to, like, after having children and all, like, 
stay with them 24-7 the way a mother has to. So they have the opportunity to come back and make amends or whatever if they've been bad to them in the past. But for a girl, the only time to serve your parents you have is like before you get married. And after that, it's like you don't just know. occasional it's hit or miss. phone call or whatever. Yeah. Really. So when you are with your parents, that is the time to do ihsan. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I kind of have a solution or somewhat solution for if you have a problem talking back to your parents in a way. It worked for me and I kind of suggested it to other people, to my friends. I had a problem wherever my mom might be arguing with me. I would think like she might say something like she thought I did something. And I would say, no, I didn't. And I would start arguing, raising my voice. And instead of arguing back, because whatever was in my head, I would say in my voice, even if I didn't want to. And instead, I started doing dhikr in my head. SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. Trying to like, get the thoughts out of my head instead of saying what's in my head yeah. through my yeah. voice. So sometimes just listen to your parents. You don't have to answer you know, for everything. You don't have to respond to everything. Just listen. Assalamualaikum. The one thing I did want to mention is that you shouldn't outright say no to them. Because I did do that once and my mom asked me to do something and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And, um, well, the consequences weren't good. But <laughs> but um, I realized that even if you don't agree with them or you don't want to do something, there's a way of doing it. You know, that doesn't hurt them. Yes. Um, I just want to share for those girls that you know, they get married and they move away from their own home. If you're fortunate enough to be in the vicinity, like in the same home as your in-laws, your parent-in-laws, that also is, you know, a really excellent opportunity. Like I've been witness to new brides moving into their new homes a few times. And um, one that I wanted to share was, it was in the month of Ramadan, and this woman, she was newlywed, and she lived with her in-laws. And... There was just a difference in expectation between the mother-in-law and the bride. The bride wanted to go for tarawih, and the mother-in-law expected her to just, you know, clear up after dinner. And they had, you know, crosswords, and they were very upset with each other. But alhamdulillah, I saw that the new bride, she, that same evening, like maybe within half an hour of that argument, she came back and she was humble and she asked for forgiveness. And this was many years ago, and alhamdulillah, I've seen that the relationship between mother-in-law and daughter-in-law is so good now. And the, the mother-in-law, like, she praises her daughter-in-law, like, wherever she goes. And I'm thinking that was like a crossroads. It could have gone two very different ways. But that girl, she did humble herself, and she is reaping the benefits of it, like, years later. And it, it's really good to see Alhamdulillah. The thing is that parents are people who are closest to us. If we cannot communicate with them properly, if we cannot have a good relationship with them, then forget about having a good relationship with anybody else. Seriously. If you cannot work on improving your relationship with your mother, with your father, then how can you be on good terms with your spouse? How can you be on good terms with your other relatives or other acquaintances? Not possible. Because parents' ihsan is the greatest compared to anyone else's ihsan on you. Their love for you is the most compared to anyone else's love for you. I just want to say one thing, like mother's heart is the softest heart of course, in this world. 
as like it was like when I came here, my mother uh, is in Pakistan, and I worked hard so much. So every day she called, don't work too much, look at your kids, don't love, like I, I feel this thing. Mother's heart is the softest heart. If child gets hurt, the pain, what mother has it, nobody can have it. She feels it. She feels it. Okay. We have to complete the lesson. <laughs> وَآتِ ذَا الْقُرْبَ حَقَّهُ And give to the close relative his right. Who are the close relatives? Those who are related to you through blood primarily and then by extension also through marriage. So ذَا الْقُرْبَ Those who have some close relationship with you, give them their حق. Give them their right. Give them what they deserve from you. Like what? Being good towards them. Maintaining ties of kinship with them, spending on them in their time of need, honoring them, respecting them. These are all rights of relatives and relatives. I mean, this includes your brothers, your sisters, your parents, your children, your spouse, your in-laws, your cousins, your uncles, your aunts, your grandparents, right? So give them their haq. Be good to them. Spend on them when they are in need. Honor them, respect them. And also give his haq to who? Wal-miskeen. And the poor. وَابْنَ sabil And the traveler. Poor, meaning people whose needs are not fulfilled. And they don't go on begging you know, from people. And the traveler. And what is the haqq of the traveler? Hospitality. Because sometimes we think if somebody is visiting, well they're very well off. MashaAllah, they can take care of themselves. They can rent a car themselves. Why should I have to drive them around everywhere? No. They deserve hospitality. So give the traveler his haq. وَلَا تُبَذِّرْ tabdira And do not spend wastefully. تُبَذِّرْ tabdira is from ba dal ra Bidr is seed. Have you ever seen that picture of a farmer you know, with a whole handful of seeds and what does he do? Throws them, scatters them. So from this tabdir is to scatter seeds, to spend, to basically scatter. Budura is also used for children. Little children, because so many, mashallah, that they spread everywhere. Right? So, tabdeer is basically to spend. How? A lot. Without even thinking. A dollar here, five bucks here, twenty bucks here, fifty bucks here, a hundred dollars online, fifty dollars in a check. And at the end, you're like, oh, I'm going in debt. This is tabdeer. That all the money is just spread, thrown here, 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 without thinking, spend, wastefully. And in particular, tabdeer is to spend in wrong ways, in the ways of sin. Because when a person spends in a halal cause, like for example, a person goes and buys a jacket for himself because he needs it. Then you know what? This is also something for which a person will be rewarded for. If a person goes and buys food in order to feed himself, his family, he will actually be rewarded for it. It's written as a charity. He's fulfilling a halal need, a halal wish. But if a person is spending his money on haram, on sin, then you know what? He's literally burning his money. It's as though you are burning your money in fire. So, wala tubadir tabdira. Don't do that. Don't waste your money. Now, notice how at the beginning of the ayah, what is mentioned? Give to the relatives, the needy, the travelers their rights. And if you want to fulfill their rights, what do you need? Money. Because what is the right of relatives? That for example, you call them, you speak to them, you visit them. If they're in need, you spend on them. When can you do that? If you have money. But if you've been eating out every day, 
Tim Hortons breakfast and McDonald's lunch and dinner somewhere else and every other day you feel like having a treat and for a treat you buy a cookie here, a cookie there. What are you doing? You're wasting money. A lot of it. And then at the end when you think about, oh, I think I should go visit my parents because I haven't seen them in five years. Oh, tickets are so expensive. I can't travel. Why? Because you've been wasting money on Timmy's. Right? This is tabdeer. وَلَا تُبَذِّرْ تَبْدِيرًا It doesn't mean be stingy. So stingy that even though your head is hurting and you need a coffee and you're shivering and you're so cold, you're like, no, no, I'm not going to buy coffee from Tim Hortons because it's 75 cents more expensive than making coffee at home. No, come on, it's okay. Don't be stingy. But at the same time, spend wisely. Because your money, it's going to go. But you might as well spend it in ways which are good, which are actually going to benefit you in this life and also in the akhirah. But remember that giving to the relatives their rights doesn't just mean spending on them. Because sometimes we do give very big gifts, but our hearts are full of animosity or grudges. We will invite them, but then as soon as they leave, we're like, phew. No, this is not atid al-qurba haqqahu. What does it mean? Keep in touch. Look out for their needs. If they're in need, help them. If they're sick, visit them. If they're struggling financially, assist them. If they're in need of du'as, make du'a for them. When they die, attend their funeral. If their children need help, help their children. Watch out for them. أَعْتِذَ الْقُرْبَ حَقَّهُ إِنَّ الْمُبَذِّرِينَ But don't do tabdeer. Why? Because إِنَّ الْمُبَذِّرِينَ Indeed, those who are wasteful. Those who waste a lot of money. Who are they? كَانُوا إِخْوَانَ الشَّيَاطِينَ They're the brothers of shayateen. Allahu Akbar. If a person wastes his money, he's spending it in ways of sin, then he's becoming like a brother to shaitan. Why? Because a brother is like his brother. So why is such a person called brother of shaitan? Because he is becoming like shaitan. He is supporting the cause of shaitan. Because a brother supports his brother, right? And who is shaitan? وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِرَبِّهِ كَفُورًا And shaitan is ever to his Lord ungrateful. Kafur, very, very ungrateful. Meaning rejective of Allah's favors. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not show many favors to Iblis? Of course. Allah honored him. He let him be in the company of the angels. Allah created him. But yet, how ungrateful is shaitan? So when a person wastes his money, and he deprives himself of doing good. In reality, he's being ungrateful. Allah gave him risk so that he could do something good with it. He wasted it, he deprived himself of doing good. So as a result, he's being ungrateful and he's becoming like a brother to shaitan. And if you must turn away from them, from who? From the needy, from the relatives, from the traveler, meaning you're not able to help them financially, you're not able to spend on them. So you have to refuse due to lack of means. Ibtigha'a while seeking rahmatim min rabbik, mercy from your Lord. Meaning at the same time, you hope that in the future, hopefully you will have inshallah enough money with which you can spend on the needy, with which you can spend on your relatives, you can go and fulfill their rights. Hopefully in the future you expect ease financial ease mir rabbik from your lord tarjuha you expect it you're looking forward to it then in the meantime while you must refuse them 
then don't be harsh to them and don't cut off from them and don't avoid their phone calls and their messages and their emails. No. فَقُلْ لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَيْسُورًا Keep in touch with them and say to them a word that is maysur. Maysur from yusr. One that is made yusr. Meaning one that is easy. Easy for a person to hear and easy for a person to accept. Meaning don't say harsh words to them. Now first of all, this ayah, what does it imply? That if you are able to spend on your family, on the needy, on the travelers, you have the means, then what are you supposed to do? You have to. You have to spend on them. Unfortunately now, the way we live is that each person is living his own selfish closed life. That I don't know about them and they don't know about me. But the fact is that just as parents and children, they're supposed to look out for each other. Brothers and sisters are supposed to look out for each other. Likewise, relatives must look out for each other. If someone is in need, financial aid, then what is your duty as their relative? Spend on them. But what if you can not fulfill your own needs yourself? Because sometimes it happens, just because you're living in Canada, people think that you've got a lot of money. Right? And they expect, I mean relatives in another country, they will expect you know, some big gifts from you. Or many visits from you. They begin to expect such things from you. And you get annoyed. That why is it that you're telling me to get detergent when you get detergent in your own country? Why are you asking me to get all these fancy chocolates when you get these chocolates in your own grocery store? You get annoyed. You have the same shoe store in your own country and you're asking me to buy shoes for you and bring them from here? And if I don't, you call me something? So it is frustrating. It is upsetting. And at the same time, you're struggling to pay for your kid's education or your own education. Or sometimes it happens that just because you start working, your parents or your relatives, your siblings, they expect you to take a share of, you know, for example, expenses of the house, right? So all of a sudden people, they begin to expect from you. But they don't realize that if you're making money, you're paying off your debt. Or you are paying for your education. They don't understand. So it gets very difficult. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us? That if you must turn away from them, and you hope that inshallah in the future when you will have more money, you will spend on them, then for the time being, say to them good words. Because قَوْلٌ مَعْرُوفٌ وَمَغْفِرَةٌ خَيْرٌ مِّن صَدَقَةٍ يَتْبَعُهَا أَذَا A good word, kind speech and forgiveness, it's better than charity that is followed by injury. So don't hurt them with your words. Rather, use good words. If you cannot give anything, you can at least give love. You can at least smile. You can at least say something polite. You see how important words are? With parents, use good words. With relatives, who can get very annoying, again, use good words. And also, I mean, just because you can't always travel back and forth to a different country to visit your relatives, that doesn't mean you don't speak to them for five years, for ten years. قُلْ لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَيْسُورًا Come on, you can WhatsApp them, and you can send them a text message, and you can maybe call them on Viber, which is absolutely free. Right? So say good words to them, just because you cannot visit them, it doesn't mean that you cut off from them. قُلْ لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَيْسُورًا وَلَا تَجْعَلْ يَدَكَ مَغْلُولَةً إِلَىٰ عُنُقِكَ Don't tie your hand up to your neck. What does that mean? If your hand is tied to your neck, can you do anything? So this is an expression for stinginess. That don't become close-fisted. Don't become stingy. This is one extreme. And what's the other extreme? 
وَلَا تَبْسُطُهَا Do not extend it. كُلَّ الْبَسْطِ What is bust? To stretch out your hand. You know, when you open up your hand, and you stretch out your arm, whatever is in your hand, it's going to fall. What's going to stay in your hand? Nothing. So, وَلَا تَبْسُطُهَا كُلَّ الْبَسْطِ Don't keep your money all to yourself, nor completely deplete your and exhaust your bank account so that you've got nothing left. Because if you do that, فَتَّقْعُدَ Then you will remain maluman, blameworthy. Whose fault is it? It's your fault. مَحْسُورًا Who is mahsur? Insolvent, regretful, tired. So again, where spending is encouraged, what are we told? Spend wisely. Spend on your relatives, on the needy, but be wise. Don't become so stingy that you give them nothing. And don't become so generous, apparently, that you've got nothing left. And then you're accumulating interest because you haven't paid your credit card bills. Because if you do that, you'll be maloom. Who is maloom? Whose loom is done? Meaning who's blamed? Who's blameworthy? It's your fault. You will blame yourself. People will blame you. Your parents will blame you. And mahsur. Who is mahsur? Hasin ra. Hasr is to be regretful. To have tired eyes. Meaning you'll be regretful. You'll be sad over what was done and that brought you no benefit. You'll be worn out. You'll be in poverty. Inna rabbak, indeed your Lord, yabzut rizq He extends provision. For who? Liman yasha, for whoever He wills. Wayaqdir, and He also restricts it. Allah is raziq. Whenever He wants, He can give you a lot. And whenever He wants, He can restrict the rizq for you. This is in His hand. إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِعِبَادِهِ خَبِيرًا بَصِيرًا Indeed, He is ever of His servants, خَبِير, aware, بَصِير, seeing. Meaning, He knows in what stage of life more money is good for you. And He knows in what stage of your life less money is good for you. Because sometimes, we wish, we hope, if only I had $10,000, I would do this and this and this. If I had this much money, I would do this and this and this. You know what we would do? We would spend so much that we would have nothing left. Allah knows. So accept His decree. And whatever He has given you, how much ever it is, use it wisely. Don't hoard it. Don't spend all of it on yourself. And don't spend all of it on your family or your relatives or your friends. There should be a balance. Moderation. That's the key. Be moderate. Spend a part of your risk on yourself. Spend a part of your risk on your family. Spend a part of your risk in the way of Allah. Be moderate. Don't go to extremes. In the following ayat, some more commands have been given with respect to dealing with people. Let's listen to the recitation. رَبُّكُمْ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا فِي نُفُوسِكُمْ فَقُلْ لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَيْسُورًا 